You are listening to Packers Now. Get the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Kurkowski, and today I want to talk about where the Packers are currently at, being through their bye week and beginning to practice, getting ready, getting ready for their trip to Tampa on Sunday to play the Buccaneers. So just to review, the Packers came out and beat up on the Falcons and won that game surprisingly, honestly, 30-16, to 16, even being without a lot of big-name starters. And this offense looked terrific still, and this defense looked even better. But first, let's start with looking at where this team is currently at. Starting with the injuries. So uh, as practices started back up this week, big players like Devonta Adams, Rashawn Gary, Chen Sullivan, Mercedes Lewis, Kenny Clark, all guys who didn't play or left the game against Atlanta are all back at practice and seem ready to go fully back to health, which is great news for this team. Also, linebacker Kamal Martin and receiver Equanimous St. Brown uh, both have returned to practice after being on the IR for the first chunk of the season. And they actually could begin to make an impact right away on this team as the Packers currently have three open roster spots and they might have those open because they might be ready to activate them for Sunday's game. The only two players not practicing after the bye week were cornerback Kevin King with his quad injury, which uh, he left the game with uh, against Atlanta and Tyler Irvin uh, with a wrist injury, but both uh, were working off to the side in limited capacity. And so it's, that is uh, promising. They weren't just not practicing, but they were practicing in a limited fashion. And so they might be on the up and might be ready for Sunday's game as well. So first, I want to take a deep look at this offense and see where we're currently at. And the offense obviously always starts with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been phenomenal. He has been MVP worthy. Um, obviously, Russell Wilson has been as well, too. But I just want to dive into just again how amazing Rodgers has been and adding after especially after adding last week's game. Aaron Rodgers has had zero turnover-worthy plays this season. He's the only QB without one. Rodgers does not make mistakes. That's what he does. He doesn't put his team in terrible situations. He's not selfish. He, he sees the whole field all the time, and that is what this statistic proves. No other QB has less than two. Uh, but this hasn't been a QB, though, Rodgers has not been a QB that hasn't been willing to take chances. He's just been that accurate. He's just been that good of a decision maker. He's just been that uh, good on his not only his deep throws, but his tight window throws as well. And he actually has the second highest rate of passes 20-plus yards downfield in the NFL, even though he has zero turnover-worthy plays this season. And those are usually the ones that happen on. Also, Rodgers is only one of four QBs to have less than 10% of his throws this season negatively graded by pro football focus. And just showing he's just, he's just making good decisions. He's not making dumb decisions. He's not, his accuracy is just on point. And Rodgers, when pressured, has also been the third best QB uh, at doing so. So even though this offensive line has been very good, when Rodgers is pressured, has still been the third best QB in the NFL. Rodgers continued to play fantastic as he was just filthy, throwing over 300 yards and four touchdowns with 147.5 pass rating against Atlanta without his top two receivers a week and a half ago. Guys, if we just look at Aaron Rodgers' current season overall, his 92.8 total QBR is the highest by any player through the first four games since QBR was created in 2006. Second and third on that list, uh, second is 2013 Peyton Manning, and third is 2007 Tom Brady. And both in those years, they both won MVP, and they both set NFL records for touchdown passes in a season. 
and Aaron Rodgers is also on track to do a very similar course. Rodgers is the top QB in the NFL right now with a 96.3 overall grade right now, which is insane, and he's just an almost impossible to stop. And <clears throat> it's exciting. Think about how good this offense is, and it starts with Aaron Rodgers, and he's just continuing to play well, and we're going to dive in to just why we can be even more excited about this offense. And let's switch over to the receivers, specifically to Devontae Adams. Uh, Devontae Adams is set to return after being held out of week four, even though he was uh, unwillingly held out because he thought he was ready to play. But that was a great decision. The Packers won without him, and Adams is fully healthy now at this point. And Adams is actually still uh, a big statistic we can look at because he hasn't been able to play as much as other te- uh, other players in the NFL. He is second in the NFL right now in the most receiving yards per route run. And hopefully Adams can continue his form after taking the last few weeks to get healthy and still be his top dominant self. And I think that can happen, especially with that extra bye week, especially with that not playing against Atlanta. It was just a really smart uh, move by the GM, by the coach, to hold him out of that game. And uh, guys, uh, we have the weapons to continue to make this offense go. We saw that against Atlanta, and I want to dive into, into that right now because the biggest surprise of that Atlanta game a few weeks ago was the Packers were going to be tested without having their top two targets at receiver. Devonta Adams didn't play, Alan Nazard was out, and he was unsure of how good this offense could be without their top two receivers. They were just so thin at receiver. MVS played the number one role, which I like MVS, but he's not a number one receiver. And then the Packers came out and played lights out. And the players who stepped for, stepped up for the Packers were these running backs and tight ends. When Rodgers targeted running backs and tight ends in that game uh, versus Atlanta, Rodgers went 20 for 20. He didn't miss a pass. He didn't have one incompletion. And not just like many little passes. He passed it for 241 yards, four touchdowns. That would be a perfect passer rating. Uh, the guy who stepped up the most for the Packers during that game uh, without Adams, without Lazard, was Robert tight end Robert Tanyan. In this game, he had six catches, 98 yards, three touchdowns, and now is in the league lead with five touchdowns on the year. And it is just su- something super excited to be, uh, something to be super excited about. And I'm pumped to have a tight end like Tanyan show up. And the other amazing thing is that Mercedes Lewis didn't play in this game, uh, but he was actually technically the fourth highest rated tight end in the NFL right now. And I know he doesn't come out and do a lot of lights out stuff on the field, but he doesn't make mistakes either. He's always in the right spot, always making the right move, whether it's pass protection, whether it's run blocking, whether it's when he does run routes, he runs them really well. And now the Packers are going to have Lewis returning from injury and he's going to be ready to play. And the Packers can have two of the top 15 tight ends in the NFL on their team. And that's like why they like to play 12 personnel so much. And not only were these tight ends great, but like I said, these running backs were amazing as well. Aaron Jones continued to play so efficiently. He's second in the the NFL in average yards per carry right now with 5.8 yards on the season and has just continued to run the ball so efficiently. And he's just making yards. Uh, The offensive line is playing phenomenally, uh, creating a lot of yards for him, but he's also creating a lot of yards after contact. And another big name was dancing man Jamal Williams who I love I always watch his videos right before the games of him just dancing for 20 plus minutes straight and he had eight catches for 95 yards if it wasn't for 
three more yards from Robert Tanyan, Jamal Williams would have been the leading receiver for the Packers. And he just played lights out, just played amazing. And he just showed what he can do as a receiver. And defenses can't, they don't know what to do because they don't see running backs as these pass catching weapons. And the Packers continue to show that they are receivers. These running backs are receivers. They're amazing. They're good. And that doesn't count probably our best receiver in Tyler Irvin, who is the third running back on our roster. And uh, teams are playing, uh, either they're playing small because they're like, oh, these guys are too good at pass catchers. Uh, We need to be ready to stop the pass and stop these running backs out of the backfield. Uh, And then the Packers just run all over them. Or they play big, and these linebackers cannot cover these running backs, cannot cover these tight ends. And it's just been amazing to watch, and it's exciting. And the last big part about this offense has been the offensive line, which is the best in the league. They have worked through a lot of injuries, and now the Packers are fairly healthy again, and they still have only allowed three sacks all season. Corey Lindsley center is still playing fantastic. And that was the longest streak this season with 158 snaps without allowing a pressure, not a sack, but a pressure and is the only elite center in the NFL right now. And David Bakhtiari continues to be the best tackle in the NFL. This whole team starts with the offensive line. And if they can continue to stay healthy and work as just, just a great complete unit, I'm not sure if anybody will be able to stop the Packers this year. This offense as a whole leads the league with 152 total points, 38 points per game, and our offense is the second-graded offense in the, in the NFL as a whole. Guys, and how good can this Packers team be when Devonta Adams returns this week from injury, when Alan Lazard comes back in a couple of weeks and they have two more weapons at their disposal? I'm not exactly sure, but I'm excited for the rest of the season, and I'm it's very promising to me. Defensively, uh, it's not as much to talk about. They haven't been as amazing as they have been, but uh, they did have a pretty good game against Atlanta. And it starts with looking at Jair Alexander, who is just the best cornerback in the NFL. I'm not even going to say one of the best. I'm just going to say the best cornerback in the NFL right now. The Falcons played without Julio Jones a good amount of the game, uh, but that let Jair um, cover Kelvin Ridley a majority of the game, another amazing receiver that they have. And Alexander didn't allow Ridley to even have a catch in that game. Uh, Jair has just been lights out. His play is what is literally keeping this defense alive. And he is now the highest grade quarterback this season with an elite 90.9 overall grade. And another uh, position group I just really want to point out is this defensive line. They stepped up in last week's win with Kenny Clark surprisingly not playing again. And they actually played really well. Tyler Lancaster had another great game at Noah's tackle and is just doing his job really well right now. He has a 74.9 overall grade, really stopping the run at a really good level. And Kingsley Kiki played even better in week four than he did in week three, and now he has a 69.3 overall grade. And But the most important thing I think that we saw that we needed to see as a Packers team, uh, hoping, crossing our fingers that this defense could start to look like it did in 2019, was Darius Smith finally showed up. He has started the year off pretty slowly, but he showed how good of a pass rusher he can be. And he had seven QB pressures in that game, five QB hits, four tackles for loss, and ended up with three sacks and now was tied for the lead with five sacks. And now the Packers have Rashawn Gary back to healthy. Um, He was practicing right away this week. And if the Packers can bring that full pass rush with Gary, uh, Zadari Smith, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, this is what they dreamt up dreamt of all last season, all off season. And this is the pass rush I'm excited to see this week, especially against Tampa Bay. And we'll get into more of that later this week. And 
another uh, big position group I just want to continue to point out is our linebackers. So they haven't been amazing. They aren't elite, but uh, especially for an undrafted free agent, rookie undrafted free agent linebacker Chris Barnes is continuing to play so well in Christian Kirksey's absence. And he is now, he was ranked third out of 84 linebackers, possible 84 linebackers in tackling grade. And he had an 86.5 overall tackling tackling grade this season. And he's just playing quality, no mistake defense, which is exactly what this Packers team needs, especially when we see those huge plays with five, six missed tackles all on one play. And it's nice to have a guy like Chris Barnes in the middle of the defense who is just solid, who is just doing what he's supposed to, doesn't make mistakes. And is, he's just really impressed me. And not only has he been one of the best tacklers in the NFL, but He's impressed me in coverage as well. And he had an insane athletic play that almost led to an interception, dropping in zone coverage against Atlanta. And I just, I'm excited to see where this guy can go. His ceiling seems so high to me if he's already playing at this level. And now the Packers have their other promising rookie returning from injury this week. Uh, This Packers linebacker core might just become really great because Kamal Martin, the guy who just returned from injury, just got put off IR. Um, was set to be the starter next to Christian Kirksey to start the year and had a phenomenal camp and was playing amazing. He was the guy everybody was talking about more than Christian Kirksey, more than uh, anybody else on this defense, except maybe Rashawn Gary. And he's going to be back. He's ready to play, um, pretty close to ready to play at least. And he, Christian Kirksey might just not start, might just not start if Chris Barnes is playing this well. He's he had a week and now three weeks to practice uh, leading this defense, making the calls. And then Kamal Martin was the guy who was supposed to be playing next to him, not making the calls. And overall, this defense just is starting to impress me. They finally stepped up last week, even without having Kenny Clark out on the field. They held the sixth highest scoring offense, the Atlanta Falcons, to just 16 points. And that is the team uh, that this. That is the team. That is the defense I saw a lot in 2019 and need to continue to see the rest of the season for the Packers to have a chance at winning a Super Bowl. I still need to see some improvement from guys like Kevin King, Chan Sullivan at the corner spots, uh, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, basically this entire secondary other than Jair Alexander. I still need to see some improvement because I know they can play better than they are and I really want to see it. And then especially need to see some improvement as well from Preston Smith and maybe with Kenny Clark back, uh, Zadari Smith getting on the edge. Preston Smith can play at the other edge position, and there'll be just too much to focus on for opposing offenses. And Preston Smith can start to get his pressures, his sacks, like he did last season as well. So, the biggest thing I do want to talk about, I wanted to give you guys a rundown about what this offense and defense is currently at, what it's looking like. Um, but the one other big thing I did want to talk about is a biggest surprise for me as the Packers came back from their bye was that every player who, and all of them were in Green Bay, none of them tested positive for COVID, even though Green Bay area is the number one hotspot for COVID in the United States right now. And that's considering just such a small city like Green Bay really puts guys like the Packers players at serious risk. At this point, games have continued to be rescheduled and there have been no forfeits because of COVID. Uh, But the NFL can only do so much and is going to have to consider adding one to two regular season weeks to make up for the scheduling. So all 16 regular season games are going to be played. But how big of an impact would that make on the Packers to do? 
For example, if the Packers continue to be disciplined and mature, then the Packers could end up playing all 16 of their regular season games and then could end the season as the top team in the NFC and have three weeks off before playing a game, which is a very long time to be away from football. But that is is just almost too long to expect your team to come out and be playing as hot as you were all season. The Packers may need those extra weeks to get healthy, having a few key players needing that extra uh, time to get fully healthy and be ready to go for the playoffs. So it could also save us the season, but it also could really hurt us because you could get really cold really quick. And this is a cons- definitely a concern for me. Um, but, you know, you could see the positives as, as well. You know, maybe Rodgers were to get a concussion in week 17 and needed two weeks to get back to full health. And there are some positives and negatives to, to how the NFL will continue to handle COVID uh, in the regular season. I think one of the scariest things for the Packers would be the NFL deciding not to extend the season and then having teams now forfeit if they start to contract COVID and aren't able to play because of that. As many teams already have gotten free passes for their inability to keep their players from contracting and spreading COVID around their team, if the NFL moves forward with this idea, the Packers could make one mistake all season and it could cost the Packers a game and maybe even the number one seed if they start forcing teams to forfeit their games because of contracting COVID, uh, which just doesn't seem... That's just not fair at all, especially if you set the precedent at the start of the season and then change it halfway through the season. To me, that's just not right. Um, uh, I'd be very upset if this were to happen. Uh, it wouldn't be fair and that multiple teams had multiple chances, chances to reschedule their games and then the Packers were to get it once and had to forfeit because of it. I believe the NFL needs to stay consistent with how they are handling COVID throughout the regular season, or many fans, many NFL teams are going to be very upset. I think the biggest uh, decision yet to me to be made, though, about COVID, COVID has been that has been floated around, is a bubble for the NFL playoffs. That is an idea that has been floated around. People are talking about it, and it would require all the teams to go to a place like Dallas, like LA, like Florida, um, to play and stay until they are out of the playoffs. And this would be my literal nightmare for the Packers. Not since 2011 have the Packers been the number one seed in the NFC for the playoffs. And this is the year where the Packers could be that team. And with the number one seed, not only are they now with the new playoff format, format, the only team to get a bye, but also they are the only team always guaranteed to play at home throughout the playoffs all the way up to the Super Bowl. But if the NFL decided to have a bubble, all teams would be playing at an away stadium and teams with the number seven seed in the playoffs would have an equal advantage as teams with the number one seed. And that's just not right. The whole idea of being a top seed is for home field advantage. And it would honestly make me furious if the NFL took that option away from the Packers. Honestly, I think every player should be kept accountable for their actions. And with daily testing, the players who are tested positive just shouldn't be able to play, but the rest of the team should have to go on without that player. And I know like if that player is an important player, like their starting QB, you know, Aaron Rodgers, for example, I would hate it, but in a way it would probably be his or her, his or a teammate's fault. It happened. And that's on the Packers. That's on that team. That, that isn't on the team they are playing to make that right. It's on the team that they should have to play without that player. And if, as long as no one else is testing positive, they should still have to play that game. These guys are adults. We need to continue to treat them like adults because honestly, their decisions affect themselves and more importantly, their team. So I believe it would be wrong to create a bubble for the playoffs without giving some sort of advantage to the teams who earn their top seats. And that just kind of 
gets me going. I get a little upset about that and thinking about the idea of having a bubble for the playoffs. And I just wanted to bring that up because I think players should start to be treated like adults a little bit and their team should have to go on without them. Um, and they should have to play without them. I don't think games should continue to be, should have been rescheduled in the first place. I think they should have been, uh, those players didn't play. We delay the game back a day. Is there any other positive cases? Oh, no. Okay. You guys are playing tonight. And that should just, that's just how it should be. Um, so, well, that's all we have today, folks. Stay tuned for more episodes. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review to hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks, guys.